right? And let's go to Genesis chapter number one. Genesis chapter number one. And if you're physically able, go ahead and stand with me. And we're going to read a few verses together. Genesis chapter one, verse number 26 through verse 28. Genesis chapter number one, verses 26 through 28. And as I'm looking back at that uh, slide, um, I can't see that. Can you see that? You can? All right, good. Praise the Lord. Okay, if not, use your Bible. You'll be able to see it. There we go. Uh, Genesis chapter number 1, verse 26 through 28. Uh, I'll read verse 26. Join me on 27. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. We're going to start a series on Wednesday nights uh, on the home, and this is, this is an institution that is coming apart at the seams. We look at our government and we see how broken it is. And it is because of the home. We look at the nation. We look at our country. We look at our school systems. We look at every institution that mankind has and majority of the failure, much of the failure, is because the home has broken down so much. The home is broken down to where we don't know who dad is and who mom is. We don't know if dad is a man or if dad is a woman. The world can't even define what a woman is. This is unbelievable. And with that, our kids are growing up in it. And there's confusion all across the board. They say, oh, my kids are in church. They're not confused. Don't believe that lie. Don't believe that lie. Because our kids are being influenced by the world. You say, oh, pastor, my kids are in the Christian school. Praise the Lord. But the kids still go to the world. And these devices, whether, whether you are just letting them watch cartoons. The cartoons have an agenda. The 
the LGBTQ, the transgender, it is not just high school and up. They're going after the kids. And too often, there isn't a solid home that is showing what a godly home should be. Let me, let me tell you, especially you young parents, don't expect the Sunday school teacher to raise your kids. Now, we're going to come, come alongside and we're going to do everything we can to help. But their spiritual learning should not be at church. It should be reinforced at church. The responsibility is moms and dads. And grandmas and grandpas, we've got to be involved as well. You see, the home is breaking down. And it has broken down to such a level, even in our society, our kids that are having kids did not have a family unit, so they don't know how to be a mom and a dad. It's not their fault. You know whose fault it is? God's people's fault. Because we have failed to evangelize. We have failed to get the message out. This, this area of personal responsibility, we will not change until we take ownership. Isn't that true? We've got to take ownership. Some of you are like, well, I don't have any kids yet, so I'm off the hook. No, no, God said, if my people, which are called by my name. And it's, it is our responsibility to make a difference. Do you know why this lady Lois had the opportunity to, to grow? I mean, she was talking about being a Christian already, but she wasn't. It was only verbiage. I'm afraid our kids are growing up in church and being a Christian is just verbiage. But she got saved. And then she got going through discipleship. And what happened? There was transformation. And now she's seeing other people saved. Don't you want to win a Lois? That's, I was sitting there listening to that and thinking, Lord, give me a Lois. Give me a Lois. Help me to come in contact with somebody. Uh, you say, well, all my family's saved. I, can't, I don't have any chance that she has. Then you win somebody so they can win their family. There is so much that God has for us, but we've got to get our families in order. And the church is only as strong as the families are strong. And so we're going to be looking at uh, the home. And I've taught this, uh, some of this. I've gone through and made some changes. But uh, tonight we're going, to, we're, going to go, we're going to start the series again. I've, I've taught the series. They call it home. They call it home. 
And tonight, this first lesson, it's entitled, It Begins With You. It begins with you. And that is including me. Just all of us. Father, I do pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your people uh, being here and, uh, and planning on being in the house of God. And uh, Lord, they've got their Bibles and they're here and they're attentive. And I pray the spirit of God would just work in our midst. Lord, we, we want to be what you want us to be. We want to be that vessel that you have designed for us to be. We want you to, to work in our lives and uh, Lord, for us to see you uh, work. And so may you uh, help us tonight. May each of us grow. I pray that each family unit, uh, whether there's one person in that family or whether there's six or seven or eight in that family unit, whatever uh, size of the family, I pray that all of us uh, will grow tonight. And so give us wisdom for Christ's sake. Amen. You can be seated. So here as we look at this, I... I do want to help our homes, our families, uh, to be what the, they need. And as I thought about this lesson and uh, this message, I thought about uh, those whose children are grown. Uh, I still believe there are things that you will still glean from uh, these truths. God's word is for all of us. Every circumstance and every situation may not apply to us, specifically, but there is something for all of us uh, to learn. Uh, and maybe for those whose children are grown and gone, uh, it's enabled to help you uh, grow uh, as well as your grandchildren, maybe to instruct children and uh, help your grandchildren. Maybe it'll be fellow believers that come alongside uh, you moms uh, that have experience uh, in being a mom. Uh, the Bible says that the older women are to teach the younger women to love their husbands, to uh, love their children, to be keepers. He goes through and he, he tells that there is supposed to be that mentorship. Uh, but if we don't have things in order, we can't, we can't pass it off. And so here I want to just uh, look at these truths. I think it will be a help to us. There are those that are single uh, or who are married without children. And uh, these truths, these biblical truths, uh, will... Uh, the Lord can use to help us in our own personal faith. Uh, and maybe, maybe the Lord is going to give you children down the road. Maybe he is not. But what we do know is we, if we are not a parent, we are a child. And that relationship that God has of the family unit, he identifies as our heavenly father. So it will, the family unit and, the, and God's view of what the family should look like, uh, it will impact our relationship uh, with him. So uh, I believe all of us can be helped. Uh, but this principle that I, that I brought out right off the bat, personal responsibility. That's something that we need to embrace. This week I had an appointment and I spaced. Have you ever spaced on an appointment? I had a meeting with a man and uh, it was down in, uh, it, was, it was down, we were meeting at Starbucks, uh, just uh, an easy place to meet. 
uh, and a place to get coffee. But uh, anyway, it was just an easy place to meet, uh, central location. So uh, it was all on jail ministry. So uh, I had an appointment set. And all of a sudden, I get a text. And he says, are we still meeting? And I thought, oh, my goodness. I completely spaced. I said, I'll be there in 12 minutes. <laughs> and I got there and I told him, I said, I wish I could blame somebody else. I said, I wish I, I could tell you that I was in the middle of another appointment that went long or something else happened. I said, I can't blame anybody but me. That was me. And I apologized to him. You know, sometimes we just have to own up to what's our stuff. If we're not willing to do that, we will not change. And the home will not get better if we're not willing to look at ourselves. So they call it home. It begins with you. So number one, we're going to look at several things. Uh, I've got six points tonight uh, that, I, that I want us all to look at our responsibility in the home. That's every teenager, you have a responsibility in the home. You have a responsibility. There's no free rides. Relationships require everybody to put something in. And that's from the small children as they're uh, just growing up uh, and uh, to the oldest senior saint, everybody needs to contribute. And we have a responsibility to the family and, and to let that, help that family succeed. So before we get into all of the other uh, uh, dynamics of the home, uh, we're just going to look at six things about the family that we all can do uh, to help our home be a better place. Number one, be happy. Be happy. Nobody wants to go home to a miserable place. You know, we tease and say, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. But that's a, that goes for any of us. Sometimes we just have a bad attitude. Sometimes I wake up grumpy. You know it's coming. She's homesick, so she's watching. Other times I let her sleep, yeah. Uh, no, we, we, sometimes we do. We wake up grumpy. We're not, there's no real reason for it, but we're just in a bad mood. We've got to work on that. No excuses. Be happy. There is something to rejoice about. Are you saved tonight? Then there's something to rejoice about. You say, well, pastor, I've got problems. Everybody has problems. Everybody has problems. It is how we deal with those problems. And if we are going to have a home, uh, a home that is a sweet place, then we've got to be happy. Be positive. Uh, uh, be positive that you're happy. All right, uh, but the Bible says in Proverbs seventeen twenty two, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. It drieth the bones. It's brittle. 
It's dying. It's coming apart. Have a merry heart. A merry heart will do you better than some medicine. The doctor wants to pass out a pill. All right? I'm not against all medicine, and I'm not against most do- or all doctors, just most of them. But the reality is, they're in it for money. They're in it for money. And we have seen that in the last three years. We, we, have, we have so many, so many opportunities. God gives us reasons to rejoice. And we need to work on this thing about, about having a, a positive spirit and, and, and being, uh, being happy in the home. Uh, the spirit of man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear so, so we've got to have the spirit, uh, a joyful spirit. It will, it will help us sustain the infirmity, the burdens, the wounds. Having the right spirit, uh, it will help us. So uh, be happy. Uh, and that needs to be the case uh, in, with everybody within the home. Work on that. When you are not positive, you create negative va- uh, vibes in the family. So, a lack of positive pressure leaves room for negative vacuum. Think about that. The lack of positive pressure leaves room for negative vacuum. It, and, and it just sucks out uh, that the negativity is a vacuum that will suck the life and vitality from your home. Put a smile on your face. Sing the songs of God. Think about what God has done for you. And rejoice. Rejoice in the, in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Sing. Uh, put Christian music on in the home. Have that playing. Uh, turn preaching on. Uh, get a CD or listen to messages online. Uh, but if you're not happy, you've got to work on it. Fake it. He said, well, well, pastor, I want to be sincere. Well, fake it until you, ha- you are happy. You know, if you are, you have a bad, I, I, I have worked through this in my own life so many times. Have a bad spirit or just not happy, faking it, and pretty soon I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad anymore. I'm not trying to fake anybody else out. I'm trying to help me. I'm not faking being happy or putting a smile on for everybody else. I want my spirit to be right. And if I can work through that dynamic to change my spirit and help myself, then I'm going to do that. And we need to figure things out like that in the home. So number one, be happy, be positive. Number two, be loving and caring. The home should be a place filled with love. Arguing, yelling, screaming, there's no place for it. 
no matter how mad somebody makes you, no matter how many times they have done the same thing you've asked them not to do, the home needs to be a place filled with love and care. If your home is filled with love and care, people will want to be there. Your kids will want to be there. Your wife will want to be there. Your husband will want to be there. If the family doesn't want to be in the home, that's a flag. It's a flag. And they might not know why. But as a parent, let me tell you, you better figure out why. That's your job. So we need to be loving and caring. 1 Peter 3, uh, verse 7, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion uh, one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. So several key words here in this passage, honor. That word honor is to esteem, uh, uh, the esteem that is due. Your family deserves you to treat them well. They deserve that. You say, well, you don't know what they do to me. They deserve right treatment. And everybody needs to treat one another right. That esteem uh, that is due, uh, that esteem is that, that honor. So honoring them, that esteem, that's respect. You know, parents, you need to respect your children. You want them to respect you. Treat them with respect. They are not our serfs. They are not our servants. They are people. So treat them with respect. And you know what's going to happen? You treat them with respect, they will start to have more respect for themselves, and they will also learn how to treat other people with respect. So, so here we see that, uh, that honor, and then you see the weaker vessel. Now notice here, uh, the husband uh, is to treat the wife uh, with that honor. Uh, There's supposed to be that, uh, that uh, treating her as unto the weaker vessel. It does not say an inferior vessel. And it's not a weak vessel. Many times... The wife is stronger than the husband. So that admonition should, would be reversed then that the husband needs to grow so he is not the weaker vessel. Amen. Somebody's got to lead the home. Men, it's your responsibility. And if your wife is leading the home, it's not her fault. If you will lead, she will want to follow. There are so many ladies that wish their husbands would be the head of the house. You 
you know, dads, don't put all the pressure on mom to be the one to make all the decisions. Suck it up. Well, she's with the kids all day long. I'm just going to let her make all the decisions. That's a cop-out. That's a cop-out. I'm not saying that you make the decisions without mom. Be strong enough to not feel like you are so insecure that you can't talk to your wife. And sometimes people will get blustery because they're just so insecure. They don't, they don't know how to lead. So here we have this weaker vessel. That, that means that the husband is supposed to be the stronger vessel. And, and be, having that, that lead there. So the weaker vessel, not, not weak, weaker. Uh, and so uh, we're not talking about chauvinism. We're talking to, just talking about uh, biblically, God gives the authority in the home to the husband. He is the head of the wife uh, as Christ is head of the church. Uh, that is just his order. And so uh, we need to be following that. Uh, but here he says, uh, honor, and then he says, heirs together of the grace of life. Uh, and so uh, he, he shows us some things there. So we need to be loving and caring in the home. Uh, that, that needs to be a place where there is that love, that care. Uh, he said, be of one mind, having compassion, love his brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. So there just needs to be that care within the home. Thirdly, being heirs together. Heirs together. So here he's talking about in line for the inheritance you and I, we are in line for the blessings of God. And let's, let's make sure that we are preparing for that, those blessings to come together. We need to be on the same page spiritually. Uh, we have been willed the grace of of God, we've been willed the grace uh, of uh, life. Uh, John three thirty six. Uh, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. There is so much that God has given to us. We are heirs together of the grace of, of life. Galatians 4, 7, Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And so uh, we need to realize who, what our standing is in Christ. That will help our home to be what it's supposed to be. If I am a good son to my heavenly father, then it will help me to be a better uh, a person within my own home, whatever that relationship is. Uh, and he said we were to have one mind. Uh, and in the homes, we need that one mind, that compassion. Uh, that, uh, uh, that, uh, that word compassion is a compound word. Uh, calm is the prefix. And passion is that uh, suffix there. It is a mixed passion. Uh, and it means the mixed passion of love and sorrow. Uh, so compassion. So here we have... Uh, an ability to feel, to emote 
uh, to care about uh, those within the home. And we should, uh, we should do what we can to help one another within the home. Uh, so the home should be a place of, of uh, uh, love and care, uh, but we should, be grace, we should be heirs together of the grace of God. Uh, fourthly, I'm going to skip some things there. Number four, be consistent. Be consistent. In the home, we've got to be consistent. We, we just started our uh, Bible study yesterday uh, for the men's Bible study, and we are looking at the attributes of God. One of the attributes of God is that God is an immutable God. That word immutable means that he changes not. God is an unchanging God. So Malachi 3.6, For I am the Lord, I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. What is he saying? Uh, you can see how I have acted in the past. You know how I am going to treat you based on how I have treated in the past. God is an unchanging God. We are, we are frail and we fail in so many ways, but we were created in the image of God and we are to be a reflection of who God is. So if God is an immutable God and God doesn't change, then I've got to work on being a person who, who is consistent. I don't have the ability to be immutable, but I do have an opportunity to try to guide my actions. So I am consistent. You know, when the kids are in the home, they should know what the rules are. They should know what the rules are. And if, if they are being disciplined one day for breaking one of those rules and not disciplined the next day for doing the exact same thing, they don't know, what, they don't know whether or not there's a rule or not. You've got to be consistent. If you are consistent, pretty soon they're going to say, man, I ain't doing that anymore. Because I know if I do this, I am going to get nailed. We, we've got to be consistent. We need to be consistent in, in our relationships. We are to be in his likeness. Uh, so, so with that then, don't be moody. Don't be moody. Don't, don't be up and down all the time. So that's just, just how I am. Work at it. And there are some people that struggle with that more than other people. That's a reality. But it's not an excuse. We, we need not to be moody. Don't be up one day and down the next. We sing yesterday, today, forever. Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. Your, your children need to, to have that consistency. Your spouse needs to have that consistency. But let me tell you, your coworkers need that consistency. Your boss needs that consistency. Your subordinates need that consistency. We all want that from somebody else. 
Let's have that personal responsibility and require it of ourselves. So be consistent with our attitudes. Be consistent with our emotions. Be consistent with our actions. Don't let circumstances control you. Don't make your family wonder how you are going to respond to something. They should just know what you're going to do, how you're going to act. Why? You should be consistent. And ladies, that goes for you too. And I know physically there's a lot that goes on. But, but work at it. Work at, work at being a, a vessel that is going to be an image, that reflection of who God is. And so just being consistent. Work at it. Be consistent with your spouse, your children, your job, your ministry. And uh, how our week is going is irrelevant to everybody else. I'm having a bad day. Other people don't care. They got enough stuff in their own life. And because we are having a hard time doesn't mean that they should pay the consequences. Don't make it their problem. Number five, in the home, be affectionate. Be affectionate. The home should be a loving place. And I, I mentioned that, but sometimes we think loving is just a feeling. But love is expressed. And there needs to be that affection that is expressed. Ephesians 6, 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The word nurture there uh, literally means upbringing, and in parentheses the, the word is education. So here that upbringing or education, he's talking about the whole training and education of the child. This is right out of the thesaurus of what this verse, this word means. The whole training and education of the children, both the cultivation of mind and morals, includes commands, admonition, reproof, punishment. So here that nurture, he is, he is saying that we are to be bringing our children up in the nurture and admonition, and the admonition is that uh, cautionary advice about something, uh, especially about uh, unpleasantness. It goes into discipline and chastisement. Uh, but, but here, that bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, that education of uh, how uh, they are to live according to the principles of what God has given us in his word. And so we are to be bringing our children up in that. Aren't you glad that God is a loving God? Aren't you glad that God expresses his love? He does. 
You know, with that, we are to show that as well. And, and with that, that training, it's that exhortation, the admonishment uh, based on godly principles or values. Uh, this, this here, he's talking about not just an atmosphere of loving and caring, but an atmosphere where love is expressed. There needs to be affection. Dads, you need to have a good relationship with your daughter. A proper, loving relationship. If you, if you don't show your wife proper love and affection, and you don't show your daughters proper love and affection, they don't know what it is. And I'll promise you, somebody will want to show it to them. It's vital. How are our kids going to know what kind of relationship mom and dad are supposed to have? Mom and dad, show affection at home. I'm not talking about making out in front of the kids. I'm just talking about showing affection. They should be able to see my dad loves my mom. How does he treat her? My mom loves my dad. What does that relationship look like? Those, those relationships are so vital in that admonition, in that nurturing. How else are they going to learn? Hollywood not, should not be the teacher of what love and affection looks like. Because they don't show love and affection. It is not what God's design is. And the home needs to be a place uh, of love and affection. Uh, and both parents need to show that uh, for the children and for each other. And then lastly, uh, and I'm out of time, lastly, be forgiving in the home. Personal responsibility, be forgiving. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 4.32, that we are to love one another. And I just drew a blank. Ephesians, Galatians, Ephesians. Ephesians 4.32, do you have it up there? All right. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And we need to be forgiving. We are going to step on each other's toes. We are going to make mistakes. Within the home, we need to be forgiving. There should be a sanctuary called home. A place where you can go and you can just let down. And other people are there and it's okay. Home should be a protected place. You know, if we take personal responsibility, each of us, we can make our homes better. I want to make our home better. We're blessed. We have, we have a sweet spirit in our home, but it can, it can get better. I hope Mrs. Brown's listening. It could get better. 
and all of us, our homes, it can be better. If there's just you in your home, you work on what helps your home be a better place. If it's just you and mama at home, then you, got, you work on home being a better place. Personal responsibility. What can I do to make it better? Not what should they do. Don't get this message or, or take the notes that, okay, this is what pastor said you need to do. No, we, it's all, yeah, it starts with me. We've got, we've got to do our part. Father, I do pray that you would help us. Thank you for uh, your word, instruction that you give to us. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to grow in our own lives, in our own homes. I pray that they would be sweeter places. I pray that uh, you would be glorified more uh, in all of our homes, and my home included. And so I pray that you would just give guidance and direction, grow us, and then, Lord, help us to uh, be the person uh, that we need to be so you can be glorified. So work now in each home. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You say, Pastor.